This fourth century theologian and Archbishop of Constantinople captured well the paradoxical nature of Jesus. And his observations set us up to receive yet another paradox in tonight's gospel. That Jesus, the Lord and creator of all the universe, would bend down as a lowly servant to wash the feet of his disciples at a dinner he was hosting for the Passover feast. As we just heard in the gospel, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world. He knew that this was his last full evening with his followers. If he had anything more to say, it was now or never. And his goal, his goal for this evening, I think it was to show him in words and it looks like. He pointedly said that night, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So in his last few hours with them, he'd show them what love looks like. Now, the disciples were already deeply familiar with friendship love, philia. They'd created a tight bond with each other, having ragtagged along with Jesus for three years. Together, they'd lost sleep, missed meals, been in highly risky situations. They knew this philia love, this friendship love, really well. To them, this is what love looks like. But on this night, this last night Jesus was with them, Jesus called them to the highest form of love, the ever selfless agape love, that kind of love that chooses to forego its own comfort in favor of doing what is best for the other, the kind of love that would impel them to lay down their very lives for the good of the other. The disciples, of course, had seen what agape love looked like. They'd been watching Jesus do it for three years. But this evening, the baton was being passed to them. They would have to be exemplars of this agape love in a world where Jesus no longer would exist in the flesh. Journeying from friendship love to agape love for them would be a bumpy journey. People's most natural impulse would be to run off when things get tough or when authorities start pressing in. The disciples could very easily want to steer clear of people who most needed to hear the good news that they would have to share. They didn't know any of this at the time, but Jesus knew this. He used this very night, therefore, to plant something in their hearts so memorable, so indelible, that it would throb inside of them and impel them forward to carry on after Jesus was gone. For them to absorb, this is what love looks like. Jesus used two 
final visuals, one involving foot washing and the other involving dinner food. During the dinner, he picked up a piece of unleavened bread and a goblet of Passover wine and invited those in attendance to look at the wine and the bread differently, to see and take the bread as his body and to see and take the wine as his blood. He told them the confusing thing about this blood was of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This is what love looks like. But I don't think they could have possibly gotten it at that moment. They didn't understand that this spotless human, this God-become-man, would be slain on a wooden cross altar, if you will, during Passover. I mean, yes, he had said the hour has come for him to leave this world, but fathoming that it would be his blood shed and his body killed that very weekend, that he would be the sacrificial lamb of Passover, therefore ratifying a new covenant of grace, that if Jesus ran into trouble, and he would, he wouldn't call on the hosts of heaven to rescue him? Preposterous, unheard of. But this is what love looks like. Jesus wasn't going to get into all these details that night. It would be more than they could bear. The Holy Spirit would eventually help them understand. The foot washing lesson would hopefully help them see agape love on a scale that they could grasp. Notice as we move through this story that every act Jesus did and every word written has a purpose. Wisdom was embedded in the details. As we enter the story, John tells us that supper was well underway, and Jesus rose from supper, lay aside his outer garments, and tied on an apron around his waist. I know it says he tied on a towel, but if you look at the actual translation, it can mean apron. And as someone who has tried to tie a towel on, it's very awkward. They did have aprons then. It's in the, it's a, it is one of the legitimate translations. So we're going to go with apron tonight. You can't tie a towel on very well. So what's the big deal? He rose from supper. Well, usually the whole foot washing thing happens earlier in the evening, like right when people come. This timing is all off. This is out of order. But Jesus was modeling something the disciples needed to learn. Religious laws and social convention and tradition would no longer bind them. Someone can be in the middle of dinner and notice an unmet need and have the freedom to minister mercy and help. 
Grace could be given when needed. It can be out of order. This is what love looks like. For Jews who had been enculturated to do things in a precise order and way, such freedom was pretty scary. Sure, Jesus had been flouting convention all along, but now they, they were supposed to be doing this? Was he passing the baton? The laws and tradition ran pretty deep in their veins. Deviation from the laws and from tradition could result in shunning and even death. Deviation just wasn't done. But Jesus continues with another deviation. Foot washing was normally done by slaves, not guests, and certainly not the most honored person at the dinner. Foot washing by the most honored person at the dinner would be shocking. It just wasn't done. But for Jesus to do it, it was out of line. He was saying, this is what love looks like. It's often out of order. It's out of line. And it's also inconvenient. He had to, had to get up from the comfort of the table, take off his outer garment and put on the apron. That's inconvenient. Now, you may think inconvenience isn't that big of a deal, but believe me, if it's already out of order, like, oh, this isn't in my schedule, and it's already out of line, well, that's not really my job. And now we're adding inconvenient? That's a trifecta way too hard for many people. I have a sister that had a softball-sized growth taken out of her abdomen. She lives in Texas. I'm in Massachusetts. On the phone, I said, so Mary, you've got people bringing your meals and you meals and everything, don't you? And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, that, I, I don't need to get people involved in that. And I said, but why not? Gosh, if someone was in distress and they needed help, I would be so honored to be able to help them, wouldn't you? And she said, well, if it wasn't inconvenient. So anyway, true story. Families are so great, aren't they? Not wanting to be inconvenienced can be and is, quite frankly, a very strong obstacle to stepping out to serve others. Well, let's look at a final detail. There are lots of details, but not enough time. Tied an apron around his waist. You know, that's such a random sentence. There's, there wasn't a lot of paper, papyrus, whatever, to write these things on. They, didn't, they had all the words running together. There wasn't even space between words. If there was anything in there, it was because it, does, it was meant to be in there. So tied an apron around his waist apparently had to be there. So think about it. When people put aprons on their bodies, well, if it's a blacksmith, you want to keep the sparks off of your body. It's to protect you. If you're a butcher, you want to keep the blood off your body just to protect you and to not have the yucky stuff touch you. And in that upside-down way that St. Gregory of Nazianzus highlighted earlier, <laughs> Jesus puts it on for a very opposite reason. He's going to literally take the dirt off of people 
and put it on himself. That's a foreshadowing. Yeah. This most beloved and honored teacher was selflessly abasing himself to take dirt away from his disciples onto his self, just like when he will eventually take away sin and put that on himself. All this symbolism, nothing's random. And then he says if, to Peter, if you don't let me do this, you'll have no share with me. Jesus was not being mean when he said to Peter, if I do not wash you, you shall have no share with me. He was just being factual. If he, they, we don't personally experience being the recipient of humble, loving, selfless service, if they didn't know this is what love looks like, and more pointedly, wow, this is what love feels like, they wouldn't grasp the sustained, visceral, indescribable beauty of themselves being ministers of agape love. They wouldn't know true love. If they never wept at the beauty of what the Lord was giving them, if they weren't personally blessed by this agape love, they, they wouldn't have enough passion in them, enough gratitude, enough love vibrating deep within them to share. They would just be copycatting motions, just delivering social services. They would not be delivering gentle, abounding love. I remember the time I was asked to set up front and have my feet washed by a priest. The priest moved along a line very slowly, utter silence, washed each person. And when the priest finally arrived at me, I started crying. I cannot tell you why. That's not coherent. I just started crying. I'll also never forget a time when a bishop visited a Sunday school where I was working with three-year-olds in all of his finery, and he was of great height. He went right down and started talking at eye level to these little three-year-olds. This is what love looks like, a love that stoops down with such purity of motive, such generosity of heart, Jesus bends down in love and hope and power to clean us. Alleluia. In that act, though, he also imparts a sure and certain knowledge that we are thenceforth in an unbreakable love relationship with our Lord. Alleluia to that too. It is in receiving this love that the disciples back then and we today have a share with him, a share with Jesus. In other words, you know that expression, I get you, I get you, I feel you. It's in receiving this love, feeling this love that we really share in Jesus. 
So when necessary, let's go ahead and be out of order if it's needed. Be out of line if that's what's required. Be inconvenienced. Eventually, we'll actually come to take risks. Some may lay down their lives. As 4th century St. Gregory of Nazianzus points out, we are not made for ourselves alone. We are made for our fellow creatures. As Jesus himself said, a new commandment I give to you, that is you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. When that love throbs within us, we will do things out of that love. Indeed, we will show this is what love looks like. Amen. Amen.